Welcome to The Stack, a weekly podcast where we discuss the latest in the world of marketing, sales, and tech. I'm Sean Henry, and I'm here with... Tim Staberski. And Ryan Sylvester. Thursday, April 25th, 2019. I got it right. Good job. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Double-checked it this time. And this is episode number 51. We're coming to you from Pepperland Marketing in Cheshire, Connecticut. And we've got an SEO-heavy episode for you guys today. Yay. The best. Which we like talking about. We like talking about search. Of course. Yeah. So I'm always happy when there's a lot of updates yeah. from Google land. But uh, how's the week going, guys? Going pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, it's okay. Anything uh, top of mind? Anything exciting? Allergies. Allergies? I was planning my seating chart for my wedding, so. It's oh, good stuff. It's top of mind for me. Yeah. I got a stool, I'm sure. Like off in the <laughs> corner somewhere with a dunce cap. And a sandwich. And a sa- Well, I like sandwiches. Ham sandwich. I got some fun stuff. I'm speaking to Inbound. Yay. That's right. So we're pumped about that. The agenda's finally up too, which I'm excited about. What day is that again? I forgot. I, when? Like, what day like are you conference? speaking? Yeah, I don't know yet. They, okay. they haven't figured that out, but um, I'm, there's always a lot of really good sessions. So I like going through and seeing what's up there and that's finally live on the site. So minus, I encourage you to check it out. Yeah, minus, of course, all the fun, exciting keynote speakers. Are you saying I'm not fun and exciting, Jim? I mean, not as exciting as like... Alex Rodriguez. The Rock. Yeah. Oh, dude, if The Rock comes. <laughs> the Rock was there a few years ago. Was he, he did, really? They did add a few new names. I think the founder of Reddit is on there. No way. My brother's going to be so sad he can't go. Oh, really? <laughs> they denied my presentation, so I'm a little salty, but it's okay. Yeah. It's always next year. Nope. You should be peppery instead. Uh, I give you a lot of credit for uh, applying. Like, this is your second. First inbound? No, second, you went last year. Second. I went last year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's... Yeah, Ryan was very overwhelmed last year at his first inbound. I was excited though. Yeah. I did dig the two beer rule. You could walk away <laughs> with two beers. But no, that's was, the way to do it. Yeah. So if you go to inbound and you want to get a drink, you have two hands. Get get two. Yeah. No, you don't they have, have a limit though. Two is the limit. Yeah. But the other Sean Henry beer lesson that I learned at inbound, I, my first inbound was always hold your beer with your, left, your hand. left hand. That's just like, so when you well, that's just to, a life. Like, yeah, just, that's like a I life never, thing. I never would have <laughs> so thought So your hand isn't like. I've just, I'm, I'm used to shaking people with like clammy hands. It's just, I never okay. thought that it was something to, to consider, but now I know. If you're listening and you're planning on going to inbound in September, definitely let us know. It'd be great to meet up. Yeah. yeah. For sure. And uh, maybe we'll record from we need to do so. I I was thinking about that. I think I'm going to bring my GoPro this year, just because it's tiny and yeah, we that'd can, be cool. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's tiny enough that it's not a bother to carry around. The audio is not going to be good though, but yeah. whatever. But yeah, Tim, you're right. There's there's still lots of uh, big like names to be. Yeah, they always sure. they like to build that excitement over the next couple of months. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be cool to see. All right. So if this is your first time tuning in, each week we break down some of the the news developments, um, content that really caught our attention. And um, this week, I think for the first time, we've got an article coming from the Moz blog, which is weird. Yeah. Because it's it's a great blog. There's so much good content on it. But uh, I I feel like it's they don't tend to do a lot of like newsy stuff. Yeah. It's kind of technique focused stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, I think what it is, a lot of those techniques are like rehashing things that have been previously covered. Yeah. I don't know, but this this is actually, yeah, it was interesting. So this is called, uh, this is an article by Lily Ray, and it is titled, We Surveyed 1,400 Searchers About Google, and Here's What We Learned. Um, so this is a guest post coming from Lily Ray, 
And um, definitely some interesting takeaways here. Uh, I just kind of lost my spot, so I can't read <laughs> a snippet from it yet. I have one. Okay, go for it. So there's there's one graph in particular that I pulled out that I will put in the show notes. Um, and it's titled, When Google Displays a Featured Snippet, What Do You Usually Do? Yeah. And it gives you this bar, multiple bar uh, graph, and it shows what age group, what certain age groups do when they are met with this featured snippet. And a shocking number or a shocking number of groups move on or tend to move on from the featured snippet. They kind of absorb the information, but go back for a second opinion. So we, we, all of us know that a majority of the clicks go to that first result or featured snippet. But this is saying that a large percentage of those people are going beyond the featured snippet because they want more information or a second opinion. So what I think this means is this is like a perfect application for a pillar and cluster model because that way you can own the search results. Instead of just having the featured snippet slot, you can have one one or two. That way you have more of a chance of getting clicked on when they move on from the featured snippet. That's for sure. Um, some interesting stuff in here about whether or not you click on ads versus organic results. What I thought was fascinating, though, was how things start to change uh, with age and like a clear yeah. pattern yeah. emerges. I don't know like what if their pools equally represented. Rep, am I saying this right? Representative. I whatever you get the idea. <laughs> like if if each age group is equally represented, that's what. Oh, I'm oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but the the trend seems to suggest that uh, the younger age groups kind of blindly click on yeah, things without yeah. much exploration yep. and kind of just say, okay, For cool. Sure. It's the top of Google must be right. Um, whereas, you know, as that age group gets a little bit on the older <laughs> the side, 70 to hundred, they group? go, yeah, well, yeah, it goes all the way up to 70 to hundred. And, um, pretty much nobody responded, uh, with, I normally click on the first or second result. Yeah. The majority actually said, I scan the first page and click on whatever appears to be the most relevant answer. So they're using their brains right. and not just clicking what, is floating at the top, which, which is awesome. I think this, like, not not just to the owning the search result. I think it also speaks to the importance of your title tag. So if you have, yeah. if you're targeting, let's say you're targeting, the, the majority of the, your customers are within that age group that scans the first page. Your title tag becomes more and more important. One hundred percent. Yeah, and usually, not always. Um, well, I, this depends on what your what your business is and what it is you offer. But if you have any kind of like high price tag, considered purchase. Mm, yeah. Those decision makers are likely going to skew a little bit higher. Probably. Each bracket. Yeah. So it's fair. It could be to your advantage in that you have a, a greater chance of competing if you're not ranked number one, but then to Ryan's point, really, really important. You put some thought into that. Yeah. That snippet and yep. how it's appearing. I will, I would also just like to point out that the 70 to 100 age bracket also set is has almost 10% of respondents saying they just don't know how they interact with the search results. Well, page. Yeah. <laughs> so just throwing, just throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so two things here, um, either it is, well, what I don't know is like, okay, this 13 to 18 year old bracket, which the results are pretty much the same for 18 to 21 year olds. And then it starts to change after really right up. It's kind of consistent, almost up to 30, 40. And then, 40, 50, that's where it really starts to be a little bit more of a considered mm. yeah. click, right? Mm -hmm. um, but as that age group gets older, is the number going to, like the percentage going to start to change or is that pattern going to persist? If, if that's the case, 
um, it is going to be really, really hard to get any traction out of the search results unless you're ranked number one. Right. Yeah. And that's bad. Yeah. I mean, this this article was kind of addressing the Google itself owning the search results and kind of taking away the traffic from other sites. So I think that's a... Well, that... Import, yeah, it's important. That's a definite so, like, concern. Those two trends happening at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's going to be really, really tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good stuff. Anything else jump out at you guys? No. Cool idea. So definitely give a lot of credit to um, the folks that actually triggered this uh, study. It's Path, uh, Path Inter- Interactive. Um, it almost seems like an obvious thing to find out. Like we're always obsessing about what Google thinks about our content and what Google looks for. I don't know. Anybody's actually gone to survey or at least recently survey searchers and get their take on what they think about this stuff. Especially so. that wide of an age group. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool idea and definitely uh, interesting stuff. Check mm-hmm. it out. Link is in the show notes. Yeah. And um, this isn't really part of the article, but the comments in the bottom are pretty uh, comical. No, they're no, pretty. I mean, a lot of them are pretty. Yeah, they're they're thoughtful. Well, Maz has an awesome yeah, audience built around it. Yeah. So why don't I don't know why I don't know why I picked this to to put in the show notes, but we should pull more stuff from Maz. They have a great. They do. I yeah. scan their blog. They have great stuff. Totally, totally. Next article comes directly from Google, uh, the Google Webmaster blog. Just another update. Actually, don't know if there's an author. Let's see. No, there's the no foot. author. Yeah, somebody there wrote it, and uh, this. Isn't really an update. It's sort of just a a lesson from Google, enhancing oh enriching search results through structured data. This just went live yesterday, uh, Wednesday. Um, and they say for many years we've been recommending the use of structured data on websites to enable a richer search search experience. And uh, they explain how when you add markup to your content, you help search engines understand the different components of the page. And when Google systems understand your page more clearly. Google search can surface more content through cool features discussed in this post post and that enhances the user experience and gets you more traffic. That's a big part of what we do, right guys? Like right. we are always looking for these opportunities because it can be a flood of additional traffic if you get those yeah. enhanced features. Um, and my take is that they, they, they probably feel that people just don't get the value in it. So they're not really advocating to implement right. it enough or at least as much as they would have hoped. So they're, they're providing some stats to kind of hook you on the idea. They say Eventbrite leveraged event structured data and saw 100% increase in the typical year-over-year growth of traffic from search. How do you say that one? Job Rapido. What a fun name. <laughs> Job Rapido integrated with the job experience on Google search and saw 115% increase in organic traffic, 270% increase of new user registrations from organic traffic, and 15% lower bounce rate for Google visitors to job pages. Um, so it works, right? Yeah. I think, I mean, I think the biggest hurdle is that it's definitely hard to implement. I think the, yeah. on our last week's episode, we mentioned that Yoast was coming out with something to help out with this markup. Um, but Tim actually said something right before we started. Did I? Yeah. Saying that, you know, Google isn't just going to release an update like this if it doesn't mean something. So I think that is definitely an indication of Google wanting people to implement, to implement this more because they're, they're, it will actually help. I'm mean, obviously yeah, it's helping. You know, you just if Google's drawing attention to it, there's just, there's always a possibility that it means something's coming that's yeah. gonna prioritize it further. I mean, it's that's just kind of how I personally view could be all of these things. Yeah. Like they break it. They, they you know it, it hasn't. It's been around for a while. It's yeah. not like it's just popped up right. and that they're informing us about it. 
they also break it down into three main buckets to kind of give it more of like a value proposition and saying that it will one, increase your brand awareness Two, you can highlight your content and then three highlight product information, which can set you apart. You know, in this example, they it's setting you apart in an image search. So it's giving your product price versus a direct competitor to the next image over. So they're definitely giving us a little hint, but it's definitely difficult to implement. Yeah, and if you do, if you do want to implement it, there's kind of three paths you might want to start with. Uh, one, go back listen to last week's episode. We talked <laughs> about an easy way to implement at least the foundational stuff uh, last week. Um, if you have a WordPress website, great plugin is called Yoast SEO. That'll help you implement some of what you need to do. It's not going to do it all for you. Um, to do this completely and correctly, you do need to hire a developer, somebody who knows what they're doing. So give us a call or um, guide your developer to some of Google's documentation. They actually link to um, something I think is just super cool uh, that they've built called Code Labs from the article. We'll add a link to this as well. Um, but it, it's a really kind of fun tutorial that teaches you how to work with this stuff. Um, it's called Add Structured Data to Your Web Pages. Gives you code samples and uh, like guide you through the process. And then I'll also add Google's got some really good tools to troubleshoot your implementation. Find out if you've done it correctly and if you haven't, what you need to correct. Um, so there's there's an increasingly large amount of materials out there to help you do this. Still takes a little bit of effort though. Yeah. So good stuff. Any other thoughts? I'm all out. All right. Well, <laughs> moving on. Then this next article comes from TechCrunch. Facebook makes its first browser API contributions coming from Frederick Lard. Lard- Lardinois? Yes. Thank you, Tim. Um, <laughs> Tim is like a resident. I'm the resident French pronunciation <laughs> yeah, dude, even though I don't speak guy. French. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Facebook earlier in the week announced it was making its first major API contribution to Google's Chrome browser. Together with Google, Facebook's team created an API proposal to contribute code to the browser, which is a first for the company. The code, like much of Facebook's work on web tools and standards, focuses on making the user experience a bit smoother and faster. In this case, that means shortening the time between click or keystroke and the browser reaching to that. And this is going to be shipped with Chrome 74. What do you guys, what's your takeaway from this? I mean, I think it's, it's, it is a great addition to speeding up the web. Mm. Um, I mean, I, when you, the image that they provide that I'll, that I'll put in the show notes gives you a really good visual breakdown of what the changes are being made. And it's, it's just kind of breaking the JavaScript up into chunks and letting the browser um you know like, just like dispatch all the information that's on the page in in a more efficient way which i guess makes sense um but no i think it's cool they said that it's going to be a big deal for developers um i don't know how how it will affect marketers like us yet and if you can deploy this on your Time will tell. Yes, I, I'm, it, I'm not towards sure. Towards the end of the article, says, for now, this is just a trial, and because developers must integrate this into their code, it's not something that will automatically speed up yeah. your browser once Chrome 74 right. launches. But if the trial is successful, chances are developers will make use of it, and Facebook surely will do so itself, and that other browser vendors will integrate into their own engines too. So, well, so if, it's, it's, go ahead. Sorry, well, it, it's, an, it's, it's an interesting addition to sort of the same discussion we were having a few weeks ago with 
uh, I'm forgetting what it was called now. The um, the image load code. Um, forget. I'm really forgetting. lazy load. Yeah, the yep. lazy loading like code um changes that are coming. Um, just like this broader movement towards faster, more responsive. Yeah, websites. Um, you know, in general, like I wonder what everyone wants the web to be faster. Combining the lazy load with Ooh. this, I'm sure is going to be crazy fast. Crazy, crazy. Definitely app cool. of the week. It's the app of the week. <laughs> yeah. So I picked this app of the week, um, Lumen Five. Lumen Five is a tool that helps you turn your blog posts into shareable videos across all social media platforms. So what it does is you paste in your URL, and then it picks a bunch of stock videos and kind of extracts um, interesting headlines or key points that it, it determines are key points throughout your blog post and creates a short little video. Um, I will include one in the show notes right now. The I it, it, it exports as an MP4 in order to put that into a Google Doc, which it, the show notes are in. I had to convert it to a GIF, <laughs> so that keeps breaking. But um, it took about three minutes start to finish, like creating an account. Um, and, you know, you just paste your URL and you can determine what videos are going on in the background. You can change the text that show up in the specific tiles. So you can really make it your own. Um, there's a free version. There's a paid version as well. The paid version gives you, no, you know, no watermark from the company. And, uh, and you, can, you can brand your, yeah, uh, you like can, your colors and whatnot. Yep. And um, you can download higher def videos. So right now we have like a very pixelated video, but it's really cool how it works. It's a very cool tool, um, and it's, it's worth a try. Uh, I, I critique it a little bit. I feel like the pricing is pretty steep for a typical small business. True. So yeah. I don't know, but is the pro version is a forty nine a month, and that um, lets you. I guess they have a standard library of ten million videos, photos. So that's that's pretty good. That that might do the trick. Uh, custom theming, so you can make it match your own look and feel. Uh, one user, 720p resolution. Oh, that That's it's reasonable. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I just wish it was at the higher resolution. The, yeah. the Getty Library, though, edition, I think for business, that's, for me, what makes it much more. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest draw to a tool like this is the fact that you can create a video without having to actually record right. video. Right, right. Um, yeah. You know, they have their standard library, but the Getty Library, like that... Getty's, Getty's Getty. They have everything you could think of. Yeah. Um, I think if you if you got if you have the the resources, it's definitely a cool cool tool. It's it, and I think when you're sharing it on let's say Facebook or Instagram, it's you're providing your content without providing a link because those social networks favor content that doesn't take people away from the network, the social platform or whatever. So you're kind of promoting it without providing something that they don't like. I'm going to add a bonus app of the week. Bonus. 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 But before I switch gears, anything else about Lumen 5? Nope. Very cool find, though. We'll link that up in the, the show notes. Uh, our friends over at Databox, they had a good uh, update this week. So we've covered them plenty in oh, the yeah. past, but I figured we'd give them a quick nod. Um, full brand refresh. They got a new logo, a new look and feel. But the, the main interface when you log in is like so much slicker. Uh, just feels like a lot more modern at this point. Um, but they've got this cool dashboard where you could personalize the experience where you're seeing the data that is most meaningful to you. So with Databox, you're, if you're not familiar with it, you can visualize multiple different important data sources like Google Analytics, Google AdWords, HubSpot, Facebook ads, 
Salesforce, like whatever data you have to be paying attention to, to know whether or not you're meeting your goals. Um, and you build several dashboards around that data. So it, it makes it a lot easier for you as an individual or as for teams to keep track of how you're progressing. Are we meeting our goals? Are we on track? Do we need to panic? Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but still like somebody's an administrator, somebody's deciding what you're is going to get pulled into those dashboards and individually, I think we all gravitate towards like one metric or another. And there's oh, yeah, something sure. that you always want to check and see how it's doing. Probably for many people, it's just like how many sessions or users came to my website? How many new leads did we get? And that's why I think this update's really cool because now you can pin your favorite metrics directly to the dashboard. You could also pin two of your favorite goals. Maybe you could pin more than two, but at least two of your favorite goals right to the dashboard as well as your favorite actual dashboards. They call them data, data balls? Data, data, data ball. ball. Yeah. Oh, they the changed it at some point. Yeah, still yeah. confused. I just had a different answer than you guys. We'll call so. them a dashboard. So. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, real slick. So if you're using Databox or maybe checked it out before and never really uh, got too deep in it, uh, probably worth another another look. Yeah, it's pretty slick. So cool. Yeah, yeah. Lightning round. Lightning round number one. Uh, Facebook is testing new font style options for posts. I hate it. Oh, is it live? Oh no no no! It just makes me think of MySpace. Oh, uh, like can I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give Facebook a high five here. All right? Really? Not because of this update, because with many people <clears throat> abandoning Facebook and with them <sighs> taking some action to, I think, get some of the ads under control and like other nonsense. When I log into Facebook on the app, it's starting to feel interesting again. Like I'm not just seeing garbage. Whoa. I'm seeing some stuff like from my friends that I actually kind of care about or <laughs> an interesting post from a group that I kind of care about. So somehow it's improved either because the garbage has left or because they've done a better job at filtering it out. But I feel like it's gotten better. I feel I, I, I actually will agree with you. I feel like I've seen I am personally seeing fewer Oop. ads, although the ads that I am seeing are for weird things like industrial grade medical anesthesia, <laughs> which I just don't know why I'm seeing. <laughs> All that uh, keyword research we're doing probably. Actually, that's a fair point. <laughs> I should have thought of that. Uh, number two, Google starts showing more images in web search results. That's me. Not too bad. Oh, and I'm looking at Sean. I like Wait, the, the person with the glasses? In the yellow shirt. I just opened up Facebook as an example, and my oh, uncle that, has put that a picture just like of your Brian. son. Yeah, like four year old. No, I didn't want to me. say his name on oh. that thing. Well, I've said his name now. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, sorry for um, number three. Instagram hides like counts in leak design prototype. I don't know if I care about that as much as the Facebook stuff. I don't know. They're trying anything they can. Uh, number four. Enjoy YouTube music for free on Google Home speakers. For how long? I don't know. I just saw it real quick. I mean, quick if it's like, like permanently free, that'd be neat. I don't know. I, um, should, I should click on that. You should. Shining the light on dark traffic. This is a, an article that talks about like misconfiguration of Google Analytics and stuff like that. It, hmm. I thought it was interesting. Um, and last but not least, how to audit your internal links. If you have SEM Rush, it's very easy to do that. We just did it a couple weeks ago. And if you need any help with it, Tweet us or call us, and we will help you go through it. But could send us a letter. No, we, letter we can only owl. be reached by tweet and phone call. Definitely no forms on our website. Don't you dare Snapchat emails. us. 
Snapchat me. We don't even have a Snapchat. <laughs> at Tender Crows. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, two two things I don't have an article tied to, but um, I saw just last night Instagram. Why'd launched, you look at me like I was? I was I was, I was oh. Instagramming you. I, I saw Instagram has launched a new like quiz feature, which is just interesting. Um, and I just got introduced. I just got like carried over to the new Twitter interface. My my account. Um, I gotta say I like it. I do can like I, it. That, can that I share what what quiz you sent me last yes, night? Yes, you can. Okay, so I'm sitting in my bed at about like 9.45 at night because I'm old. And I get a picture of Tim's foot. And he said, the question was, what toe do I like the best? The left one, the lefter one, or the leftest one? Or the right one. Oh, yeah. I saw it like, oh my God. He oh, he said this to you to too? Me. Yeah, like he said this to oh. me accidentally. Oh. <laughs> I said it to everyone. Um, but apparently, for some reason, <laughs> there's no shame. The functionality didn't work, so someone couldn't like. Yeah, I couldn't you, do anything. You didn't, with it. you didn't. You don't get the answer, which is kind of weird. But I, uh, maybe we'll, I'm going to add something lightning around and uh, grumble and <laughs> grumble. About it. It's the, the Instagram aesthetic is over. Uh, it was on the Atlantic. I read. I read that. Yeah, I didn't is, read it. What, what's it, it about? It just made me a little bit sad. What part of the, of it made you sad? The fact that there was an Instagram aesthetic, or the part that it is now, quote unquote, over. Both. It, it, no, yeah. no, I'm not saying it's over, but like it just seems kind of silly. Well, it's it's stupid, sort of like that. This <laughs> was a thing, but I get it at the same time, you know. Um, and like they're giving many examples of people who are like staging scenes. So that people will take Instagram, yeah, photos of it, and now I'm like reflecting and like I I pass by some of those things all the well, time. Well, it's like the, the so it's it's a real thing. The and, big one I always think about is the the Nashville Gulch or whatever with the big wing, like the graffiti wings outside. Right. That yeah yeah that for sure too. Yeah. Um. But what what is really kind of sad about the article is like now they're making efforts to look not staged back to simple and deliberately taking bad photos. It's like a grunge's answer to whatever spawned grunge in the early 90s. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> yeah. So that's our episode. <laughs> I was thinking about the poppy thing in California. Anybody? No? You know, know me. I, I don't, don't look don't. at the news. Oh, There's the a, blooming, the flop. The, yeah. Yeah, and people like ruining the... Everybody's yeah. going there and destroying them all to take their Instagram pictures. Similar article I read about the Dutch tulips being destroyed because... Us youngins running out into the fields. Well, I'm for glad the, there's for the gram. Ryan. I just go to work and go home. That's all. <laughs> I don't do anything bad. All right. Tune in next week. Leave us a review if you like the show. And uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>